But if they care, Alan, about you, yeah. they can buy the three books that are available, right? Mm-hmm. Cutting through one, the androgynous hermaphroditic agenda. They can buy Cutting Through Two, A Glimpse into the Great Work. Cut, cutting Through Three, Esoteric Unveiled and the Meaning of Revelations in the High Masonic Tradition. What are you going to do in Manitoba, where uh, it is, it, well, where you are before was called too, but when you are in Manitoba, you have to resettle. I hope you go and see the Masons, if they will feed you a thing or two. Well, they only help their fellow brothers in distress. Oh, we are not brothers, that's right. That's right. We, we have distress, but we're not brothers. Uh-huh. Yeah, you have to be a brother to be, be, you know, to get distressed and so on, yeah. And so that's how they help each other. And, um, oh, G also stands for graft. Uh-huh. Graft has two meanings, and that's get back to the priori, the scion and the, the protocols, because uh, a graft of, of a plant is, is, is called a scion, S-C-I-O-N, we don't pronounce the C. It's a scion, it's a cutting, and and when you're grafted as, as a, a gold member, you see, you've, you've achieved the top. Then, you, then you're grafted onto the tree of life. That's part of the esoteric tradition. Well, of course, gold. And of, and of course, um, the other meaning for graft in, in the British, the English tongue, mm-hmm. is for is when you slip money under the table to somebody. I hope they do that to us. And they do that all the time. You must um, say that the workman is worthy of his wages. And I've seen masons actually cross their hand, you know, shake hands with money in it. I've seen it happen. Ah. Yeah. So that's craft. Ah. So there's so many double meanings. I could write a thousand books. But would you, Alan, would you want to belong to a clan like that? Not I. No, 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 I wouldn't. I mean, I, I could, number one, I think it's so stupid for people to join something which refuses to tell them what it's all about. Um, they tell you to, to, just, to trust them. But they also tell you that you'll get promotion at work. You, you'll, you'll get a job over a guy who's more qualified. If you're a tradesman in an area or you have a store, then all the masons will guarantee they'll frequent your store. And the guy next door who's not a mason will wonder why he's getting no custom. Uh, so there's a lot of benefits financial, etc. There's a security in being a Freemason and, and to get off the different things like traffic tickets and so on. Um, a lot of uh, sort of freebies to get society. They also tell them that, that uh, they can bypass petty bureaucracy, which they can. They don't have to go through all the little rules that, and forms that we have to. Um, they can also get a bank. I mean, I've talked to some 32nd degree Masons and one of them told me quite honestly, he said that um, he said I used to get good the bank manager in the morning, and no matter what his collateral was, what he, what he owned, uh, that loan would be approved before the bank closed that day. So they get a lot of uh, uh, physical, financial help, etc. In, in this insecure world that, that they, they promise to uphold, they, they promise to uphold this system. All Masons take an oath to that. So. So, yeah, I could not belong to something that uh, I, I didn't know the whole story of. And, of course, they don't know the whole story because the, the boys who go in from the churches and so on, and, and that's by it. That's another reason why a lot of Jews join it. They, they know it helps them. They're all told that, the same as everybody else is told that. And But they, but they also get, because they understand the Talmud, they get Talmudic readings, then the light goes on in your head, you start to see the connection between the religions and the Masonic order. You start to see a bit more of the esoteric understandings of things. So they get a bit of a, a help by having the Talmud. I often wondered why they gave the Old Testament to the West, but they didn't give you the Talmud to go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it doesn't the whole. It's not all the gaps, you see. It's yeah. the story. So but you have to give them. You have to give them credit. You know, for goodness' sake, they were very smart, 
because they said, well, this for this one and that for that one, and that I keep in my pocket for later day. That's right. And, and you didn't want a, 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 a people who understood it all, uh, who were going to be a, a population of slaves, basically. Um, so, so that's why they kept the other half away from it. They didn't get another half. Because if they understood it all, they understood the whole story. That's why they didn't give it to the people in the West. I used to wonder why the schools, in, for instance, in the British Commonwealth countries, uh, did not encourage people to be private uh, businessmen. Everyone was being trained to be a worker, an employee. And that's the reason that they wanted some stupid workers, because the, the, the wasp, as they call them, the, the wasp, a wasp is, is a yeah. type of a, a bee. It's is, um, is a worker. It's a worker bee, but it's also a scavenger, meaning it can get by living on very little. Uh-huh. That's what it really means. And uh, and so, yeah, we are the, the, we have the bees at the top, the, 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 the drones, the priests, and all the, the queen is surrounded by these, these priestly ones, the drones. Uh, that fix the food for the workers in terms of any workers actually well the royal jelly gets put to the queen and for themselves and that's the system we live in that's why the beehive has been highly symbolic from even the Minoan era uh, 6000 BC uh, for this system and that's why Napoleon uh, used the beehive on his flag the perfect system, the Napoleonic code um, so the worker, you see the people at the bottom are the wasps and they're kept dumb and stupid. I mean, they'll, they'll go off and fight whoever they're told to fight, even if they're living in hellish conditions themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll go off and, and kill who they're told to kill, uh, and they don't ask too many questions. They swallow <laughs> the, the superficial uh, propaganda, yeah. and, and they come back home with nothing, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so they are good wasps. They can survive on very little. Alan, there is another question for you, and I'm going to sit here and watch you answer this one. I tell you, you'll have the answer. Um, Question for Alan. We are taught when we die, we will come to a brilliant light. We are supposed to go into the light. Is this really a Luciferian doctrine posing as benevolent? Now, there is another another interesting thing attached to this, but I'll let you go and let you answer that one wherever this beautiful person is who asked you the question. Uh, I'll tell you, um, the whole New Age was given by the same high bunch that run the planet. And and the the New Age broke out really officially, although they tried it with Blavatsky to warm it up, that it started... um, and bringing the women to it too for the first time really at least openly uh, outside the noble families that is uh, but, but then in the, in the 1950s the, the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry's journal their official journal their monthly uh, magazine was called The New Age and they talked about bringing in the New Age you see yeah yeah the, the, the completion of their plan and that's when they started putting through all these Protestant ministers were famous for it, the, 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 the Masonic ones. They bring up Protestant ministers that started to produce this, this light stuff, you see. And uh, now, taking it from there and jumping back into history, the Egyptian pharaohs uh, talked about this. They said that the reason that 5,000 years of rule, they never had an uprising from the slaves, was because they kept them dumb and stupid and gave them a religion that didn't that increased their spirituality and therefore they, they kept coming back as, as, as perfect slaves and they recycled them that's where the whole thing of, of, of the initial reincarnation was introduced they, they recycled people who died they came back just as stupid you see and, and oh Alan this that's is a, that's a fact now, now, this, this, this light thing that they're telling you to go for I say well in, in, in the Hebrew version of, of their mm-hmm. uh, religion, um, they have no place called hell. There's no place called hell outside the New Testament in the English version. And the, the closest that they had in Judea was the garbage dump, which they called Gehenna. Mm-hmm. That's where all the smoke came from, all the garbage. That's what happens in garbage dumps. Yeah. So it does. And they had Gehenna. And of course, they did definitely have rituals. They opened put the children through the fire and so on, and they killed them and yada yada. It wasn't all nice and rosy. 
as, as, as Charles and Heston and Moses would talk to believers. Um, but the fact is, uh, hell came from a Nordic word. It's a Norse word uh, from hella, which means the earth. And when you die, you get put into the ground, which is hella. You go to hell. Yeah. And, and so that's where it, so they managed to get this thing which they borrowed from the Greeks when they're putting together the New Testament of Hades. Now, Hades was a, was a bit different. It wasn't so bad as hell, you see. Hades, which preceded the, the Nordic hell, was a place where the shades the sort of spirits sort of stood around and sort of looked at each other. But nothing nasty happened. It just had nothing much happened at all. It was a kind of boring place to be. <laughs> so but, but for, the, but for the Celtic and, and the Anglo-Saxon mentality, that they to give them something to understand, which was fear and terror. Yeah. So they, so they gave them this hell concept. And, and, and that's where the word hell comes from. It's a Nordic word that didn't exist in the Judaic language, you see. And um, so, so this thing with the light that the Freemasonic bunch tried to come through with, uh, I saw the light and I, as a tunnel. And well, that's the, that's the one that the pharaohs are talking about, you know. And a voice that will say, "Come, come, this is this is where you belong." Well, you're, you're recycled back, you see, into the same dump. You're back to hell again. This is hell. The world is hell. This is it. Uh-huh. The place where matter and spirit meet. That's what it means. Well, you and this know. is where you create your destiny. It's up to the individual, not for a group or, or a nation or a, or the world. It's you as an individual. And so when that light appears, I always tell everybody, look, you're, you're recycled back into the same old hell. I says, look for the back door. And when <laughs> you get through that back door, keep going like a bat out of hell. <laughs> and these people are having the best night of their life, I tell you. <laughs> there is a, a RYB2006 to Alan. A few years ago, a disenfranchised Freemason decided to spill the beans on the net. He was in Winnipeg, Manitoba, I believe, and put up stuff about the Masonic secret writings, their real god, Yabulon, etc., and the Freemasons went ballistic. That website was on and off. It even made it into the papers and then silence. And of course it would make it silence, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about this particular one. I know some have come out in the past to claiming... But it, it, it didn't matter because it's not until you hit the 40th degree that you start to get the truth told for the first time. Um, life begins at 40, and, and that's why uh, uh, the ones below can, can spill whatever they want. It really doesn't mean much. Um, uh, Albert Pike said it too. He said it's not necessary that the, that the initiates know what the symbols mean all of the names mean it's only necessary that they think they know. That's what he wrote in his own book. Well, make believe. You see, so yeah, it's make believe, and they're the same things as the Catholic Church with the three candles and all the rest of it. It's mm-hmm. all the same stuff, you see, because it's all masonry. And um, uh, and by the way, all masons who go through the entered apprentice stage at the bottom. Are, are technically in, in their own tongue they're called Jewish apprentices to, so you become a Jew a Jew that is not that's another thing people should understand and they used the, the story of, of and again it's initiation there's partial truths in the Old Testament because they cover up truths and, but it's up to you to discern and they tell you that when Solomon which is just the son in three different languages mm-hmm. so he's He's like a Hermes Trimagistus, three times great, son, 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 you see. And um, uh, when Solomon was, was getting the king of Tyre to, to aid him in his great project of building this big temple uh, and bankrupting the country, that's why they had the revolution afterwards, um, uh, Solomon um, got uh, the, the, another person, Hiram, uh, the, the, the greatest artificer from Tyre, the smith, the craftsman, to come and, and build the temple, you see. 
And then the, and then the king of Tyre also gave authority for this Hiram uh, to... <coughs> this is all allegories, not real people. Because the king of Tyre, in another sense, is the son himself. And, and the tradesman also called Hiram as the, the king was. Isn't the word Tyre in ancient language fire? It is fire, pyramid is fire in the middle. That's why you have the capstone and dollar bill above the fire in the middle, the mm-hmm. fire of the eye, you see. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, um, and pyramid means that. So, but, but yeah, you, you've got fire coming into it and, and Hiram. Now, now conquering wind and masonry, the conquering wind, the force that, that you run through the world, uh, they're called Mariah. They call the wind Mariah. Remember that song? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, I don't know if it was seven brides or seven brothers, but seven again the magic number. And um, so, so Mariah, Mira, uh, it's, it's Hiram backwards. You see, it's, it's, it's all Masonic coding. And and uh, so, anyways, these Jewish apprentices were allowed into the secret society of the builders, the masonry. They're calling it. That's what they mean. Um, through initiation and then those ones who were allowed into it were allowed to go on the, the boats of the king of Tyre, the Phoenicians who owned the trade routes of the world and kept all the trade routes secret from, from everybody else so they're telling you an initiation took place where brothers were, were created uh, equally amongst uh, the, the, the ancient Hebrew and, and the king of Tyre for the Phoenicians and so they were allowed into the brotherhood to share the secrets of how the world was run. That's what it means, how it was run. And uh, it was run through money and commerce, uh, armies, debt, uh, gold, etc. The Phoenicians were the, were the most evil people on the planet at that time. Um, they found Phoenician gold mines as far as the Urals and, and Russia. And it was estimated from records that were found that the average life of a slave and the Phoenicians encouraged wars. They paid kings to have wars and condition that they could all the conquered for slaves. Uh, a, a quarter of an ounce of gold was worth the life of a slave. That's generally how much you could dig out before you died under those conditions at that time. Uh-huh, but when we look at it, and, and uh, you know, I try to... Uh for for quite a time we try to uh, educate the um, Mormon community because they have a Masonic ritual for people when they become of course uh, um, Mormons yeah well, well anybody who follows a leader called, called Moron I you know Moron I Moron I mm-hmm. I mean Moron we know what Moron means you know and um, anyone who follows that is basically proving the point. And uh, anybody who believes that this Joe Smith, who was the Mason, uh, saw the angel who gave him, and he just suddenly he could understand this ancient writing, and he could write it all down. But the angel took the damn gold place away again, you know. It's amazing how these angels love their gold and won't even share their gold with anybody. <laughs> the place away. Well, they proclaimed that they have the plates there in Utah, and they're locked up, these plates. Well, if they're locked up, and if they're in view of the public, I can guarantee they're guilty that they're not solid. They're, they're the fake ones. They probably melt down again. They're, they're melted down and, and used for some other purpose. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's the f- sort of stuff feed the public. I mean, there's no doubt that there's a mis- See, these, these groups are into eugenics. All Masons are into a eugenic program and, and Rosicrucianism, which really was the first one introduced to the public in the 1500s, they'd always had it for the elite and for the noble orders. But when they gave Rosicrucianism, it was mainly to attract intellectuals into it, for maybe even lower orders of people. But the Rosicrucianism very subtly at first, in the low degrees, uh, about the, the need to, to have better offspring, better offspring, and it's done through selective breeding. And the Mormons, of course, were, are the same thing. These 
and exper- these are experiments in selective breeding. Uh, you have ten children minimum. Yeah, to get a specific type of, of, of worker for the future. And they're all told that, the, it's amazing, Mormons are told that they're all going to become gods and they'll get their own planets to rule over, you know. It's quite, it's quite fascinating to realize the stuff that they've, they've been sold. Yeah, every man can have ten wives. Yeah, and when the men become um, uh, elect, when they're put into the elect class, they, they go through the same Masonic rituals, only, only they put a, a dress on as well, just to prove that they are hermaphroditic. And they put a dress on and the Masonic apron, and then go through the same uh, initiations as all other Freemasons. Yeah, we had uh, some ex-Mason, uh, Mormons, on our show that we interviewed about seven or eight months ago. And we actually got them to the point where they started to disclose uh, what uh, what had happened there. And, and they started to tell this. And so I got him off of air. And I said to him, I said, you didn't tell everything. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I said, you know, I said, you should have told us the threats they made you as you were becoming Mormon, as you were standing in front of that uh, red drape. And when they yanked you through the red drape and you were standing in front of the two white drapes, they had a knife and they hold the knife, the point of the knife, at your heart. And uh, then you agreed that if you did anything against the Mormon Church or spoke about secrets, they could cut out your tongue or they could drive the knife into your heart. You gave them permission. Mm-hmm. And he says, how do you know? How do you know? I said, well, I said, you better tell the whole story. So he came back on and he told the whole story. And they said, yes, it was a very dangerous religion. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, if you go into any religion, it can be pretty dangerous if you start to climb up the ladders. Because even Alistair Crowley, who who was who worked for the British Secret Service and who introduced um, the OTO uh, group of masonry to the public, uh, that was his function. He was set up to do that. But he did admit that he was initially approached while he was in an Anglican church to join this this sect that he knew nothing about, which was Freemasonry, which already was part of the Anglican Church. It always had been, of course. Uh But uh, the angle is the same as angel. uh, This is all Masonic. An angle is pre-Masonic. And uh, that's why the English are the angles, you see. That's where they first broke out with Freemasonry. And all the other lodges in the world were given charters by the English Grand Lodge. And all members on the planet, no matter of what lodge they belong to, are registered in the Grand Lodge of England, uh, including all the, the, the bunch in the U.S. So an angle is an angel, and it's Masonic. The whole, the whole angelic story is Masonic, is angles, you see. What the angle so what do you think about the Pope then with his red Prada shoes? Just a minute, Alan, let us do this once more because otherwise the people think, you know, gee, Whitaker's, uh, um We are listening, wherever you are, to the topic today and many days from now. And if you stir up your friends, your family and whoever, you can get to the truth. If you want to. If you want to live a lie, you can do that too. Our guest, Alan Watt, researcher and author, website www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com. His three books available, Cutting Through, One, The Androgynous Hermaphroditic Agenda, Cutting Through, Two, A Glimpse into the Great Work, Cutting Through, Three, Esoteric Unveiled and the Meaning of Revelations in the High Masonic Tradition. Each book is $25, payable in international postal money order, which is available at your post office. Contact, you can write to Alan at Alan Watt, 
Site 41, Box 4, Estée, Ontario, Canada, P3E4N1. And of course you want to keep that in mind because that box is going to be there forever like a Tucci roll until he gives it up. And you can uh, contact through webmaster at alanwattcuttingthrough at yahoo.com. Very important. Now, tell me, tell me the royal bloodlines, and of course we know our friends, the uh, Jesuits and Simiramis, do these people really believe that they are divine in their Masonic belief? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, they, they do. Um, there's no doubt some of the speeches given out, in fact, by uh, King James, or, of the King James Bible, and that's the one that Jesus read. Um, <laughs> and, uh, King James made a tremendous speeches about that. He said, I am put here by God. And he said, I, I have the divine right of kings. He said, uh, God and, and the lineage of the gods runs through my veins. And he said, no one can counter uh, my, my orders or question me, no matter what I, order I give. He said, I, I speak on behalf of God and I can do as I please. So, so these characters truly believe uh, that they are. And of course, they have their own inner religion to do with this whole thing to do with, with the supposed uh, fallen angel stories so they give us one version while they have another of course um, meaning that they were their original spirit that, that inhabits them is from a lineage of spirit or reincarnations that are passed on intergenerationally within the same family lines so that say that your, your, your grandfather can come back as your son or, or, or your grandson even um, in the same family lineages, but they claim that their original spirits were higher than the original spirits of the people on the planet here. And when they arrived here, they created their own bodies to inhabit perfect physical bodies by willing the matter that was already here into into forming those bodies. That's the strange story that they tell. And supposedly because they were of a higher spirit, according to their story, they, they, they could inhabit these perfect bodies and retain psychic and, and supernatural powers. This is the spiel they give out amongst their higher members. And that, but when they started to interbreed with the, with the people already here, they began to lose those powers and hence the need to go back to, to inbreeding amongst themselves to try and regain them. However, uh, you, you'll find in the, in the Middle Ages they kind of change their tune a little bit and through Rosicrucianism and all the other branches of the same organization this, this, this uh, thousand phases of ISIS as Babylon was sometimes called um, they said that they would use science to perfect man now we, the people, are not man and woman we are Adam and Eve according to them uh, this is another part of the story. Um, Don't they are confused? Uh, yeah, it's not confused really. You see, the Bible is not not a truth on or is an exoteric story. People who swallow the exoteric will probably never get to the esoteric. They'll never be able to understand it. Um, the the Bible is their system. It's not the truth at all. It's not the truth at all. It's the system and their rules, the laws of slavery, slavery ownership, and so on, um, and, their, and their money system. It's their rule book. It's their system. It's not the creation of the world. It's the creation of their system in the world taken over. And so that's why they tell you that the God um, created man and woman in Genesis 1. And then in Genesis 2 it says, but there was no one to till the soil. So he created Adam. And then he created Eve. Now what happened to man and woman? It means they're telling you there's two types here, them and the workers. That's what they're telling you. That's what it means in their, their esoteric tradition. That's what it means. And, and it didn't mean that the, see this is not the creation of the world. 
that's why this supposed God says to Adam and Eve, go out and regenerate, means repopulate, not, not populate, but repopulate the world. They come through some tremendous big disaster and they needed to build up the slaves, you know. That's what, it's, that's what they're taught in the high Masonic tradition, the reality of it. So the workers who are non-noble, the commoners, who marry in common, they don't, they don't select their wives for their lineages or intellect or whatever, or, or, or money or wealth, uh, um, or, or, or intellect especially. Um, they're called commoners. Those who are selected are from man and woman. They're telling you that. You're, you're now allowed into... If you're very good at the great work and you work towards it, they will select a wife for you who's from a long line of inbreds. <laughs> You see, and and that's what they call it, superior species. The, the eugenics is one of the biggest features in all high Freemasonry. Yeah, but didn't like, they have a major problem in Sweden and Denmark because they were so inbred that they had massive insanity, and they had to bring in what was it, uh, uh, Desiree's husband went there to be prince and emperor there. And and they had to bring in people that were sane to repopulate. That's right, and and also. And he was chosen because he was a high mason. Yeah, that's right, and and of course, the true science. That's when the students started to change in the year under fifteen hundreds. That's why you see this tremendous flurry towards the science. Complete the great work for six hundred years. And, and so the tremendous, nothing happened up until much in, in the way of science up until the 1500s and suddenly this tremendous flurry and the Royal Institute of Science was created, the Masonic Institute and, and Bacon and all these guys uh, were part of it and, and the John Dee and, and all the big players in history and they, they, to, through science they would conquer. Now science is an interesting word because um, it's very, very close to the word seance, you know. And you'll notice that, that even in some of the organizations, the high organizations, going right all the way back to, to, to the Greeks, when, when they had the, the, the oracles, like the oracle Delphi, they used women, and they would use narcotics with the women. The, the laurel leaves that they used to chew were narcotic, and that the women would go into these trances while they sat above a pit, and down below, um, um, the, the voice of the priest would translate these garbles that would come out of her for, for the, the royalty who came in. So they've always used women as mediums. And you'll find the same thing that Adolf Hitler did with, with the Beryl and the Tula Society. Uh, they, they had a woman, Maria something, her name was, and she claimed to, to channel the information for some of the weaponry that they eventually put, and she could draw them down and everything, pretty good stuff, good engineering. And, uh, and there's something to the seance science type of thing. It's the same in music, where you find um, some people at the top will claim that the, the stuff just, just comes to them. They didn't write it really, it came to them. Uh, even in Canada, uh, Joni Mitchell claimed that, that George, this, this spirit, would uh, give her all the songs, you know, through channeling. So, so there's something to this, uh, this side of it. In fact, what we're seeing on these shows is, is just scratching the surface of as to what we know. Yeah. But I don't think you can dish everything to the public um, if, they're not, if they can't even understand the exoteric. You can't just dish it out to them because it's beyond the comprehension. And, and you can lose them so easily uh, by jumping ahead. Um, so yeah, the, 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 a lot of this is not just pure nonsense. A lot of it is a cover, but but there's also a lot of it which is which is definitely true. There's a, a high occultic side to all of this, and it's, it's a tremendous. Um, it could be a dangerous site to enter unless you really know what you're doing. Um, this is a whole separate field, which is. As I say, you can't just dish it out to most people if they haven't even got a basic 
complete understanding of it. Well, I, 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 when you when you are saying this, I, I find that uh, very interesting because uh, I surely didn't have training at the age of three and a half. Mm -hmm. And uh, over over well, of course, being used during World War Two to to, uh, to smuggle people out of town and to uh, have them uh, move their radio stations and. Uh, Oh, all kinds of that stuff, a stressful existence, blowing up bridges, you know, and that kind of stuff. And and uh, and throughout the years, yeah, there have been these characters from Guelph who who uh, asked me to come to Guelph when they paid my airfare there and hotel costs. When I got there and I watched what they were in attempting to do to experiment with me with, I told them to go and jump off the bridge and see if they could swim. Mm -hmm. Because my other friend who came from Scotland, they had him and whatever they did to him was just absolutely horrific. And uh, when he was on his break, and he says, are you going to... Uh, uh, I have the same test they're running with me and I said looking at your energy I think we can stuff it and he said what do you mean I said well your energy looks horrific and I turned around and I left and he died not too long after so whatever they did with him whatever information they extracted from him or, or who knows what they fed him and he was very, very knowledgeable. Uh, he, he, he died. He became very sick when he came back. And very shortly thereafter, he died. Mm -hmm. so. uh, another part of the problem here is, is because, because they are so incredibly advanced scientifically, they can also mimic all of those things which people think are, are um, magic or science or, 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 or psychic and so on. There's a lot they can actually mimic as well um, through very advanced sciences, uh, some of which Nick Baker showed on television, on national television, CBC, with the handheld remotes that he used, which could put thoughts into your head at a distance. And that was antique stuff that he said the CIA were using in the 1950s. So uh, they, they do have tremendous sciences as well, but I've met some of these people who definitely have something in them which you'd claim is, is a spiritual force. I mean, it's a, uh, these guys aren't jumping into the bathtub and turning into reptiles and playing with rubber ducks. Uh, these guys have an entity within them. And uh, Yeah, but I wouldn't go and say that I have an entity within me now. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, oh, no, I mean, the thing is, everyone should have that which they are born with. <laughs> Well, that, that was another question. That was another question, because David Icke, mm -hmm. he speaks about all this kind of stuff, and, and he wrote about all this kind of stuff. And, uh, well, of course, I, uh, I have seen David Icke on uh, two or three occasions in Vancouver, two occasions. And, uh, well, the first occasion I walked in there and I saw the man, and I found it, uh, I got up and I left. So I stayed in the lobby and I read the magazine until the hoopla was finished. And when he came out of that place where he had, and that is something also that worries me no end when people proclaim or play a game that they are so loving and they're so kind, they're so smooth. Watch out! Because when this guy came out after uh, singing his song to all the people, how he much he loved them and it was all about love and all this, that and the other. And I was sitting there in the lobby and he could not find the door of exit. And uh, he just about broke the glass in his anger. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, I said, oh, my. I said, well, you know, I said, the door is over there. You're on the wrong end. So he went and he kicked the door. And, uh, of course, he went out of the other door. Now, 
Uh, uh, David Icke has, of course, told many, 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 uh, uh, some of them very fantastic stories and some of them not. Now, I also know, because my, my mother's ancestors are First Nations, that amongst the First Nations are people that are shapeshifters. They can go bear, wolf, or whatever. Okay? The shaman, the medicine women and men. So that's a, that's a common thing that's not questioned by me because I have seen it. I, I understand it. But when I look at someone like Mr. David Icke, I have many, many questions about some of the material he talked about, and I can't help that I have the feeling that some of that material, if, if not a lot of it, could have been material maybe he got from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know, because uh, I know that he'd gone into uh, the website at Sweet Liberty at one point and asked permission to use the material. See, at that time, a, a lot of tapes were sold of my lectures. They'll be available shortly on CD from me. Very good. Uh, and uh, so I went through the ancient histories, but he, he uses... This is standard, again, the standard counterintelligence. When truth is being given from sources relatively unknown into a public that are trained to follow um, superstars, uh, the other side creates the superstar, given tremendous funding, mm-hmm. take the truths that are being given, they, they, they'll expound them, they get known by the public, then they spin it off into a weird tangent and until it becomes so ridiculous no one believes it. So the truth that was initially being spoken out by real people goes out with the baby in the bathwater. It gets dumped out. And, and so your counterintelligence diffuses the truth by doing that. They always give us superstars. Yeah, the thing that what I was surprised of, because we here in Canada, he began here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the story went from some of the people there, they said, oh, yeah, he was, he came from England, and he was brought from England, and he came, and he was so poor, and, ah, oh, the whole, like, boy, like, if you heard the sub-story, this was the sub-story. So the person who was his promoter did everything he possibly could to uh, make uh, Mr. Ike comfortable and between Mr. Ike and this person there was a definitely a very very close friendship a very close bond uh, as you will and um, we then we then he did here all over Vancouver uh, from whoever you met and it sort of sometimes it was bewildering the reptile stories, you know. The That's right. And so, you, you, as I say, you, you take all the truths. And now, uh, I'll just put down t- to reason. Now, Albert Pike, the Mason himself, the Pope of Masonry, said that a person who will not use their own power of reason, not an expert to so somebody else's, but their own power of reason, is therefore meat on the table and the beast of burden by choice and consent if you won't use your own reason now all you have to do is, is, is ask any author seven days per week all over the world and look at the back of the books look at the indexes of the books that, that he's supposed to have read during his tours and his, between his last book and his new one um, maybe 200 books listed or so or more you read all those books and lectures seven days a week and travel and write your own one with all the information from those 300 books, you'd have to be superhuman. You see? And that's what they give the public, a superman. They always give you a superman who seems superhuman because the public are not content in looking at an ordinary person. The public, unfortunately, want two-legged gods walking around as supermen who can do things they cannot and that's why they will worship one one day that's put in front of them by the United Nations or whoever. So reason brings you to the conclusion that, that a person by themselves cannot be doing this. There's help there. 
Now, you find it with H.G. Wells, who also worked for counterintelligence. He worked for the British government. Uh-huh. And H.G. Wells admitted that he, if he wasn't a little author writing with a typewriter under, you know, under a lamp, H.G. Wells had a whole building with the staffs of typists and writers and so on working for him. That's been disclosed now recently, too. So, so, they, so that's how they, they gave us our heroes to follow. Jumping from Ike, let's go to that woman in the States that, was, that led the New Age, and she had a magazine she ran for years. Uh, it was Gloria, was her name? Uh, uh, Gloria something. She's well-known. It was a Jewish name. Um, I wouldn't know. She, she had a, a Miss Magazine or one of these magazines, and she pushed the New Age and pushed the, the feminist mystique and all this stuff, and at the same time wrapped up into Wicca and yada, 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 Ooh, mm-hmm. and, and become a god. Jane Fonda was... Well, wasn't it Gloria and Steinem? Steinem, yeah, that was it. Uh-huh. And that, that's now been declassified that the CIA not only set her up in the beginning as declassified uh-huh. information, <laughs> they also paid for the magazine to be set up and run as well. They give us the ones to follow. Always. Well, you know, <laughs> well, at the same time, I can say that uh, they uh, might not have uh, uh, the liking to the kinds like myself because I. I have been told many times I am too blunt and uh, uh, I tell it the way it is. Couldn't I dress it up a bit, you know, and change it a bit to anybody's liking? Well, well, I don't care. I don't make money on it and have never have made money on it. So uh, there's a little book. I guess we're still waiting for paychecks. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. There's a little book out there called The Ethereum Travelers and the Magical Child. Not a book, new book, but I know the people who have the book tell me that every time they read the book, they say there's something very strange because it is as if I didn't read it before and I understand more and more. Well, I hope after listening to you and listening to the show that maybe the people are going to come out and are going to decide to be less gullible because that's the number one thing if we want to bring about change and we want to empower people then people have to be willing to stand up and to uh, shake their feathers and say we have been had and it's time for change and and you know when somebody says oh peace no I said peace cannot come unless you change your thinking if you stop to think the way you have been programmed and you stop that and you say, now I must think because of my own empowerment and those I love, then you're going to change and say, no, thank you, but thank you because this cannot endure. And you change for a better tomorrow. Yeah, uh, the only way come change it comes from within a person. It doesn't, again, it doesn't come from, from following someone who claims they've changed, uh, as they do with all the superstars and all these Hollywood people that people just chase after um, and try to emulate. Uh, change comes from within. It's, it's a growing. And it's another thing, too. Um, we live in an, an age where the youth have been glorified by, by the, the popular media. And they're becoming monsters. They are monsters. They've bred on purpose a generation for the function that they have to do today, which is to slaughter. They gave them video games designed for the military, designed to desensitize adults into killing whenever they see a target. And, and that's why they, 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 they had to have a generation growing up. That's why discount the years when they introduced the video games. And, and bang, right on time when they had them about 18, 19, 20, they, they start the war because now they've got a generation brought up where the state has been giving them their values, as John Dewey said they do, and, uh, and they've given them killer games and they've also given them the most obnoxious type of based music ever created, rap, which is you wrap it up. It's, it's the bottom. That's what it means. It's the bottom. It's the last we're going to.
air when the carriers were going over to the Gulf. I mm -hmm. said, I saw these Marines on deck. They were dancing to rap music. They had their shirts off. And, and they were dancing around like barbarians. We have created a race of barbarians, a generation, on purpose. We haven't done it, actually. The masters that run this, this, these countries have done it. Very sophisticated techniques. And they knew they could do it because they've, they've run the culture before. Culture is created from the top down and given to the people. And we, as monkey see, monkey do, as Plato said, ancient techniques. So they had to create a race that, were, that, that knew very little, were pretty stupid, uh, given primitive uh, morality by the, by the state, and actually the, the best military education for killers ever devised. These uh, video games where they shoot spontaneously, there's no morality in these games as get from this end to the other and kill as many as possible. And now we've turned them loose on what was once the greatest civilization, the oldest on the planet. Um, we set the barbarians in there. Yeah, the thing and is, Alan. It's responsible. The thing I mean, is, they what what these what these young men tell us who have come back, and they and and of course we have spoken to some that were uh, people that were they, they, today they call them veterans, whatever, and these young people that come back. And they start to talk to you, and uh, including this, this this wonderful young person. He said, in the helmet, you heard all this blurring, blurring music. And he says, you didn't know what was said subliminally, but something was said. And he says, and then suddenly the order comes, and uh, you get told to shoot all the people that are in the car, to shoot, shoot everyone. And he said, and so you think everybody has died in the car. He says, and then there come people out of that car that survived. And then they say, why did you do it? You don't even know me. And there were women and, and grandfathers and children in the car, and you don't even know us. Why did you do it? And he said, after that, he was no longer suitable for the army. And they had to send yeah. them home. Mm -hmm. That's right. And also the, the inoculate well, it's even had a CBC special here, where the injections for anti or, or the pills for anti-malaria that are given now. It's a new type of pill they've been using for the last few years. Uh, they had an interview with some troops who'd been to Somalia, and he said that when they were there, it was like being on an LSD trip every day. They saw everything in, uh, with the hallucinogenic colors. Uh, one of them was pulling his pistols out, uh, his pistol out and putting to head children just for a laugh. He said, I would never do that normally. He said, you couldn't believe it. But everything was unreal to him. And uh, so, so it's interesting when you go into the old uh, uh, military magazines when they said that the future soldier they would create would be the best killer and they, they, used, they would use uh, various kinds of drugs to enhance their killing abilities and to, and to inhibit any moral feelings they might have. Uh, well, this has been done. And as you see, they have these little heads that's attached to them inside them. They can hear the voices. They even had, uh, in popular like the science, that uh, the Pentagon would, would be able to see what the troops see in the front. They'd be in direct uh, contact with them through the video cameras. And with every little group of five men or so, there's always one in front with a camera attached to his helmet. And they hear the voices direct from the Pentagon. So they are becoming robots. It's the universal soldier. Is that movie made by uh, Van Damme shows. And the next step, apparently, according to James Magazine, the, the official military magazine, is to create a cyborg-type part machine, uh, part human, uh, who will be the best killing machine they've ever had. That's the beauty of these uh, demonic characters who run our world. So then they are out there. They are destroying themselves. Eventually they will. They, they are destroying the food supplies upon the planet. They are beings with no respect, no kindness or compassion no. for humanity. So they're, they're going to basically come to a place where they may blow up the planet. They may very well do it. Um, Tesla himself stopped his experimentation 
with, with what we now call HARP, but then it was, it was basically standing wave technology, scalar wave. He said, I, I'm stopping it because it is, it's possible to superheat the atmosphere and, and to such an extent we could, it could possibly ignite the entire atmosphere. And this is not a, an unusual thing because you, you go to the, the histories of the Vedas of India and uh, of the Druids, the Tacitus, the Roman historians wrote about but the Druid stories and they're identical that the last stage was uh, ended because the masters have set fire to the air. So we had fire followed by massive melting of the, the, the polar caps and it was followed by a flood rain that comes from the caps coming so fire followed by floods mm-hmm. and yeah. This is traditional. It's like these characters are when you understand them. Yeah, well, we need to need to next time go very seriously into this and make people understand because many of the people have believed and still believe that this technology is all new and they do not know that this technology and far more advanced stuff that they know today was there already once. Right. So next time, Alan, we need to... Uh, tell all these people to be back and to uh, tell their friends and we're going to explain it Monday night that's where you can get it Monday night and Alan will unwrap all these little past boxes of history so that you can be in the know and that's so very very important sorry x-ray specs that you missed it Monday, Monday you can hear this uh, this show and be informed on Monday and with this ladies and gentlemen where you are and we're also looking at doing some Thursday afternoons for you who can't listen wherever you are on the planet we will attempt to do that too and we uh, we thank all of you and uh, please be kind and at least the minimum you can do is get Alan's books. And we thank you. And if you want the books, wherever you are listening or wherever you are, and uh, you can get to uh, Alan Watt, researcher and author, his website, www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you can contract Contact through webmaster at alanwattcuttingthrough at yahoo.com and contact you can write to Alan Alan Watt site 41 box 4 Estaire, Ontario Canada P3E4N1 this is very important and the books are $25 payable in international uh, money order and there is a new DVD isn't that right Alan? that's right yeah Mm -hmm. and people can get the new DVD and you can go to that website and you can see the lovely cartoon there well it's a cartoon that is eye opening and you can jump up and down and uh, say oh oh it's time for change and with this Wherever you may be, we thank all of you for being you, for being here, and for wanting to be in the know. And us, ladies and gentlemen, we wish you well. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, in your home, at work, and around the world, broadcasting without borders. This is Eye on the Future Radio with Epsiboa. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for having joined the show this evening with Hepsiboa's special guest, Alan Watt. Visit Alan's website at www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Alan will be joining Hepsiboa on Monday evenings, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so mark that on your calendar. Visit Eye on the Future's website at www.ionthefutureradio.com for upcoming guests. To read more about Hepsiboa and her prophecies, visit www.seoshant.org. 
That's www.saoshyant.org. And visit the Seoshant blog at http colon slash slash change for a new tomorrow dot dot org. Join Hepsibol here next on Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good evening, everyone. See you next time.